In today's episode, we're recapping Sunday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Sunday, games on. We'll talk about them. There were six of them here. So let's start talking about those games straight away. The first game up. Early one, the Clippers and the Knicks. Nick Batum was a late scratch for the Clippers. So we had Patrick Patterson starting. He played 20 minutes. He hit all five of his shots, ended with 13 points and three threes. I would not be trusting Patrick Patterson, even if Batum does happen to miss more time moving forward. The 20 minutes is the tell there, and it took him to be absolutely perfect to have any sort of fantasy value. And uh, you know those 20 fantasy points, they're great. That's fine. But it was five of five. He offered nothing else apart from that red-hot shooting, and that's just not something that's going to be able to continue for Pat Pat. Kawhi was great, 28 with four uh, rebounds, a steal and a block. Paul George, a little bit down, 17, 8, and 5 with a triple one, while Reggie Jackson continues to play well. 26 minutes, 18, 5, and 3, three threes. He had 29 fantasy points in this one. And while Patrick Beverly is out, Jackson is providing solid enough 12-team value. It's not going to last all season, but while it's happening, you, you should take advantage of that and try and use him. Ibaka had 15 points, while Zubats had 8, 7, and 4, and they're moving a little bit closer to a minute split, while Marcus Morris had 11 points. He is rostered in far too many leagues, as is Lou Williams, both sitting on 30% in our advanced metric. Um, they shouldn't be rostered in any 12-team leagues, neither Morris nor Williams, even with the absence of Patrick Beverly. Uh, unfortunately, they're just, they're just not there. They're just not the guys that, that you want to be having uh, on, in your lineup. It makes no sense that they are uh, rostered that much. On the Knicks side, let's talk Emmanuel quickly, who played 27 minutes. He scored 25 points. He hit two threes, and he blocked a shot. He shot 56% from the field, 83% from the line, only 25% from three. But he continues to do things which are incredible. Incredible? The incredulous. I'm confused by them. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, is quickly an ad? Probably. Could he be a drop this time next week? 100%. But his minutes are up. He's playing well. But there are a lot of things we need to pay attention to. 10 of these points came in the fourth quarter when the Knicks were down by a lot. And he did help to drag them back into it. But a lot of this just seems to be happening with quickly. In his last nine games, with Burks back as well, he's got a 34% usage. It's, it's too high. He's only taking uh, 8% of his shots at the rim. 8%. So he is shooting 48% from mid-range. Is that going to continue? He offers nothing in rebounds or assists, like very, quite low numbers in those categories. He's blocking shots at a level which is about two to three times higher than his college shot blocking rate. I say all these things to just give you a level of caution. Now, I'd add him. There's no, no problems, no concerns. He, I would add him, no worries. But 
so much of what's happening. The free throw rate. I don't think he's missed. He's missed maybe two free throws all season. The fact that he just doesn't miss from the free throw line. The fact that his two pointers are at a crazy high level. The fact that he always seems to put up numbers in these weird scenarios in a garbage time, 20 point down type situation. It's, there's a little bit of a concern. Will Thibodeau ever start him? If Peyton plays even marginally well, does that mean we'll get 32 minutes of Peyton and 16 of Quickly? There are a lot of concerns there. And a lot of what he's doing doesn't feel real. But it is happening, so it is real. So I think we add him, we figure it out, and don't be surprised if he lets us down. That's simple as that. I thought another thing that was interesting in this game, the Knicks have three top 10 picks from the last four years on that four, actually, from the last, what, four years? Obi Toppin, Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith, and Kevin Knox. One of those guys out of those four played, and that was Toppin, and he scored two points in 13 minutes. Now, to be fair, the Knicks didn't draft Dennis Smith Jr., but they did have him as a key piece of the Kristaps Porzingis trade. And three of these top 10 picks aren't even playing. Four years maximum into their career. Toppen was a terrible pick at pick eight. Everyone knows that I thought that. I also thought it was a terrible pick to pick quickly, but that looks like that's wrong at this stage. It's just a, a weird scenario. Rowan Barrett had 23 points, didn't hit a three, had two steals, not much peripherally, but good efficiency. And Randall, the double royal, 27 points for him. Twelve rebounds, four threes, and five assists. Alec Burks. Now across the line, it's pretty good. Seven points is not good, but three rebounds, four assists, two steals, one block. That's fine. But twenty-two minutes, it's a little concerning. His numbers have dropped off immeasurably since the beginning of the season. I would consider him a drop at this stage. I think Alfred Payton's a clear drop. Ten, three, and three. And Mitchie Robinson had nine points. In 30 minutes, only 19 fantasy points. He is not a must-hold shallow league fantasy points player. I am still holding Mitch Robinson in category leagues, but his desire to stay out of foul trouble is not resulting in big numbers. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. And we've seen that happen plenty of times over the, you know, the history of the NBA is when players play more minutes, their permanent production comes down. Austin Rivers was actually the bloke who took over from Kevin Knox in the rotation today. Four points for Austin in 17 minutes. Here in this one, this episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisaged in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. We cover all fantasy basketball here on this podcast, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. 
All right, let's move on now to this second game of the day. Another early one, the Utah Jazz. Their uh, winning streak is over. The Denver Nuggets beat them 128-117. Nikola Jokic was fantastic in this game. He had 33 points in the first half, which is the most he's ever scored in the first half and almost the franchise record. Mello has the record there with 38 first-half points. Just an absolutely fantastic display from Big Chungus. We'll talk about that in a second. For the Jazz, Boyan Bogdanovic, 29 points, 33 minutes. Not much else, but 62% shooting, 8 of 10 from the line is also massive. That's two good games in a row from Boyan. Yeah, worth an ad for the short term. Let's see where this goes. While O'Neal was good again, Big Royce, 12 and 6 with four threes. He is the 107th ranked player this year, Royce O'Neal. He's far from spectacular, but he just does enough little things to be of use. Derek Favors had two blocks, while Jordy Clarkson only the 25 minutes with Mitchell back. 13 points, four threes, and his red-hot efficiency to start the season is falling. He... Um, his true shooting is 57%. It's the highest in his whole career. He's also at 97% from the line, which is going to come down. Conley's at 12 points in 28 minutes with eight assists on a poor shooting night. While it wasn't a good night for the Don Donovan Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. 13 points in 25% shooting, while Rudy Gobert had 12 and 8 in his 26 minutes. Overall, just a pretty poor night for the Jazz in general, and uh, they will be better, of course, because we have seen them be better over these last couple of games. For the Nuggets, Big Chungus himself. Big, big Chungus, big Chungus, big Chungus. Big, big. He probably could have got 50 if he had a one or two. 47 and 12 in 37 minutes. Five assists, they continue to come down. Two steals, one block, 65% shooting, 90 from the line. He was awesome. Now, we can go out here and criticize Michael Malone as much as we want. 20 minutes for Malone, try again. 20 minutes for Maga Porter Jr., 11 points, four rebounds. 20 minutes. Since he came back from COVID, he is in the doghouse pretty much. He's still the 30th ranked player this year, Porter. Um, but this is frustrating for us. But it's very hard for me to come here and criticize Malone for this move when they're going out and knocking off the hottest team in basketball comfortably. Porter has plenty of flaws. One of those flaws may be how he actually acquired COVID and maybe that pissed Malone off. Fair enough. Malone, you know, Malone at every opportunity be like, dude, I haven't seen my parents in over a year. Like this is bullshit. And if, if Porter's out there, I don't know what he's doing, but going out there, getting you know, ass cheeks rubbed in his face, allegedly, not even allegedly making up a scenario, but if he's doing something reckless, Malone's not going to be happy with it. And while that might piss you off from a fantasy basketball perspective, these are real people, real players dealing with a team, dealing with a league, dealing with a locker room. And yet sometimes that stuff has to be dealt with. Porter also has significant issues with tunnel vision offensively and defensively. So while we can get out there and go, fuck Malone, I had Porter on my team playing more. They're getting the win. There's other factors involved, and it's hard to be too critical. Is it frustrating? Of course it is. Sure as shit, it's frustrating. It's annoying when a bloke is putting up top 30 numbers and is being limited to 20 minutes because he caught COVID. Maybe you did nothing wrong. Maybe you went to the supermarket to grab a pack of gum and some asshole there coughed on him. Next minute, COVID. I don't know. But it's frustrating, but I don't think we can go all in on Malone. Good game from Farton Will Barton. 18 points in 37 minutes with six assists. Now, I will criticize Malone for this. He loves Barton. Loves him way too much. He's nowhere near as good as Malone thinks he is. But this was a good game from Barton. He's more of a streamer than anything else. While the headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 16, 4, and 5 in 34 minutes. Gaz Harris got hurt in this one. Only played the nine minutes. Nice, Gary! 
Uh, he's obviously not a 12-team league guy, but who replaces him is the big key. It was Monty Morris in the second half who had five assists with six points and two steals. It could be Porter, and they go with Barton and Porter at the two and the three. Maybe they do that in the next game because they play on Monday. We don't even know if Harris is going to play. He's dealing with an adductor strain. He's dealt with that issue in, in the past, and it has cost him quite a bit of time, so I would expect that he does not play on Monday. Millsap struggled once more, 10 points, while Jermichael Green had 9 points in 24 minutes. Now, all of these guys were positives in plus-minus because they killed the Jazz the majority of this time. But, yeah, not really providing much in terms of fantasy value are either of those players. Let's move on to the next game, the Philadelphia 76ers. They took on the Pacers, and what a fourth-quarter comeback this was from the Sixers to beat the Pacers, 119-110, and they did it without Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, 21-6 with seven assists, four steals, and two blocks. 54 fantasy points, massive from Simmons. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Big game from Harris as well, 27-8. and eight. But those defensive numbers which had him in the top 10, top 12 to begin the season have fallen off. Well, how about the painter, Matisse Thibel? Haven't spoken about him much this year, but he was pushing, he was pushing, he was pushing. 25 minutes, 8 points, 4 steals and 2 blocks. If you ever need defensive stats on a Sunday and the Sixers play, there is not going to be a better option out there to stream than Thibel. And his re-emergence into the rotation is hurting Tyrese Maxey, who played 18 minutes, and it's hurting Shake Milton quite a bit. Nine points for Shake in 19 minutes. You know I've been skeptical of his long-term value. He is a clear, clear-ass drop in 12-team leagues. Get him out of here. While Tony Bradley started for Embiid and had two points in 17 minutes, while Howard had 11 and 15 in 25 minutes with a pair of blocks. Good game from Furkan Korkmaz. Furky from Turkey had 17 points with three threes. Not much else. He should be their backup four over prison Mike Scott, but we don't know whether that'll be the case and how that rotation works when Scott is eventually back to this team. We're dealing with his knee problem. For the Pacers, big game from Jeremy Lamb. 30 minutes, 12 points on 67% shooting. He blocked three shots. He was perfect from the line. I think it's a perfect sell high. He's not a 67% shooter. He's not a three blocks per game guy. Um, his free throw rate, is, he's a good free throw shooter. He's not this good. Um, look, just look. If you can get a top 70 guy back, you do the trade. If not, you ride it out. He only had 12% usage and only played 30 minutes still. So there's obviously some sort of limit still going on with some of his playing time, and he is overvalued in some circles. Brogdon had 25-5-4, while Sabonis had 21-8. It was a shit night from Miles Turner. Fouled out, so only played 29 minutes, but only one of six shooting. He was six of six from the line, nine points, but only one block. And we know that he's been giving us over four blocks per game, and that's been awesome. But if the blocks aren't there, then the value is going to fall off. TJ McConnell, he's awesome. Eight assists, one steal. You need assists and steals. Who the hell else is giving you that combination off the wire? It is Timothy John McConnell, and he's a guy that we roster. Well, Justin Holiday, you're probably better off streaming his roster spot. Six points in 36 minutes, and you can just drop Doug McDirt out of there. Eight points in 21 minutes for McDirt who will occasionally have a good scoring night and almost invariably have bad nights in every other single category. The Super Bowl is coming up in the next couple of days and the next week. So if you want to place a wager, whether it's straight up against the spread, a total, a crazy prop bet, a player prop bet, there's only one place that has you covered and there's one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You might even want to look at the NBA tomorrow. Who's playing LeBron? Do we look at a player prop on his over-under for points scored? 
go betonline.ag. They'll have the answer for you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Built Bar is back. The best tasting protein bar ever is back in our lives. Glory be. Six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp joins the roster. They are hot waiver ads to go with the original 12s, which include coconut almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. They are covered in 100% chocolate and are soft and easy to chew. They're great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat. They're great if you're a health-conscious person and you're looking for a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber bar. And if you're on a keto diet, it's great for that as well. The peanut butter bar is 19 grams of protein, 180 calories only with just 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. So if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON and get yourself the best-tasting protein bars in the world. Not those ones that taste like garbage, taste like sawdust, the best-tasting bars in the world. You get 20% off your next order if you use the promo code locked on. So use that promo code locked on and get 20% off at builtbar.com. All right, let's have a look now at this next game of the day. We're looking at the uh, Toronto Raptors beating the Orlando Magic 102 115. Uh, Aaron Gordon, dirty ass play on Kyle Lowry. But um, did Karma get him? I don't know. But he sprained his ankle and it ballooned up pretty big. He is on crutches and you'd have to think he's going to miss some time with this ankle injury. Now, amazingly, Gordon's the 121st ranked player this year. I know he had some minutes problems to begin the year with a hamstring, but this is a dude who's had one top 80 finishes in his entire NBA career. He flashes potential, but he never delivers on it. Is he a drop? No. But if they say he's out for four weeks with an ankle problem, then yeah, I'd drop him no problem at all. Nikola Vucevic had 14 boards, 15 points, 4 assists, and 2 steals, while I loved what I saw from Cole Anthony. 16, 5, and 6. Now, the, the usage is pretty low, but if Gordon does miss time, we're going to see Anthony get extra opportunities to handle the ball. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. He's getting better and better every game. I think he's a 12-team must-roster player at this point. Ken Birch is playing a lot. 26 minutes, 8 and 6, 2 blocks. Sneakily, 14-team league guy. Fournier, two duds in a row, 11 points on 17% shooting, not dropping him, making sure he's rostered, while Dwayne Bacon uh, feasted in garbage time. 13 points in 20 minutes with a couple of steals, 50% shooting there for the Baconator as well. Do not get excited about him, please. I beg you, and deeper leagues might want to look at Jordan Bone uh, as a guy that if Gordon misses time, he'll get some backup point guard minutes. Uh, Revenge game, you say, Terrence Ross, uh, four points on 20% shooting in 28 minutes. And then, you know the amount of people that tweeted at me about revenge games? Because people hate it. Man, no, they exist. They, they exist. They definitely exist. And then when Christian Wood said, oh, yeah, I, I had a revenge game against the Pelicans. I wanted to get revenge. See, Josh, a player said they exist. They exist. I do not give a shit if a player goes out there and says it's a revenge game. The whole reason behind me saying this is because... It's all well and good for a player to go out there and have a big game and then say later on, yeah, I wanted to have revenge. That's bullshit. There's no predictive powers in that at all. And the fact that it doesn't happen the majority of the time, look, you can say, well, Terrence Ross, revenge game, I'll put him in my DFS lineup. And then you look terrible. You could have put Kelly Oubre into your revenge lineup DFS theory against the Suns. He was horrendous. Examples of it looking like it's real does not mean that it is real. 
Because for every player that puts up a big performance against their former team, there's a player who does average against their former team or a player who does significantly worse against their former team. And I don't care if a player comes out and says, it was a revenge game. Christian Woods already played against the Pelicans before. He played against them when he was a member of the Pistons. And he had like, what, 17 and 8 or something. People get so fired, and I'm getting fired up about it now, because one example of a player, if a player came out and said, yeah, it's because I put my dick on the right side of my shorts instead of my left, people go, man, wait for the right dick narrative. Look for, the, look for everyone's dick, what side of their pants it's on, because one player came out and said, that's why they played well. Come on. Anyway, let's move on to the rest of this game. The Raptors side of things. The wiki, Chris Boucher. Um... Yeah, nine points in 18 minutes for Boucher. 18 minutes. We're a little bit worried about the size of Vooch in this one. But remember how much I banged on about it in the preseason. Nick Nurse doesn't trust Chris Boucher. If they play even minutes, Boucher will be a significantly better player than Aaron Baines. But I'm not sure Nurse trusts him. And then, you know, a week into the season... Nah, mate, 30 minutes a night, let's go. I went, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe for some reason, uh, Nurse has changed his mind. He trusts Boucher. He doesn't. We're not dropping Boucher. Um, would I buy low on Boucher? Sure. He's 135th ranked player over the last two weeks. That's real bad. And most of it, it's minutes, but it's also, he's just playing poorly. So it's not, Kids, close your ears. It's not, fuck Nick Nurse, this guy's terrible, doesn't know what he's talking about. It's not that. It's that Boucher is not that good. There's a reason he's 28 years of age and this is the first time he's actually been an NBA rotation player. There is a reason for that. Um, now, he can be bees better than this. Don't get me wrong. And he will put up numbers generally if he's out there. But there are plenty of situations where he... He causes problems for his own team. And that's a worry. Aaron Baines, 29 minutes, 8 points, 16 rebounds. Best game of the season easily for Baines. Now, I'm only adding him in like 16 teamers, but he's starting to look better. And that's having an impact on Boucher as well. Big game from Siakam, 30 and 10 with three steals and a block. Great efficiency. He's been down this year. The 66th ranked player over the course of the season. And over the last two weeks, he's the 106th ranked player. Really good stuff for Siakam here with this performance. And let's hope it continues. Lowry had 12 and 6 with 15 assists. But deeper leagues, dynasty leagues, Utah Watanabe. 11 points, 3 threes, 3 blocks, 19 minutes. Thought he was really good out there. He Now, there are issues with the way that Nurse runs that bench rotation for sure. And sometimes he'll play a lot. Sometimes he won't play much. He's playing good defense. He's averaging a steal and 1.4 triples over the past five games. He's shooting well. He is a solid, solid backup four. And deeper leagues. And if Siakam ever gets injured, I'd, uh, I'd just be watching him. 
Redacted started, Terence Davis, 26 minutes, 12 points there, while DeAndre Bembry had 12 points in 22 minutes. They basically split those small forward minutes with both Ananobi and Powell out. Don't read anything too much into them. It was also a poor night from Van Vliet. Nine points in 31 minutes with five assists. Whenever Van Vliet has these poor nights, he's a great buy low. He's awesome. He's the 27th ranked player this year, but he'll occasionally have these nights where he is poor, and people just go off him really quickly uh, when that happens. I don't know why, but they do. That's just what they do. They go off him. So you can go and see if there's any buy-low opportunity there with uh, Freddie Van Vliet. Next game. Wow, the Brooklyn Nets lose to the Wizards, 146-149. No James Harden, of course. Kevin Durant had 37 points in 38 minutes with seven rebounds, six assists, and two steals on 58% shooting and a perfect 13 of 13 from the line. Very hard to criticize that. 26 points in 38 minutes for Kyrie Irving with eight assists on a true shooting of 59. Also pretty tough to criticize. Jeff Green went bananas. My name is Jeff. 23 and seven with four threes, two blocks and a steal. Now Green's been playing well. He's a top 75 player over the last two weeks. He probably does have some short-term 12-team league value. I wouldn't say he's must roster, but by all means, 43 fantasy points in this one. Joe Harris had 30 points, hit eight threes. He's a top 100 player over the last two weeks, although he's probably not that good long-term, but you still want to have him in 12s. The Shark, Bruce Brown. He had nine boards. He had two steals and three assists. Pretty good numbers from Brown. But to lose to the Wizards is rough. DeAndre Jordan, this guy's terrible. 19 minutes with no center on this roster. Eight and eight, 80% from the field. He's a field goal percentage specialist who gets some blocks and boards. He is not a must-roster player. It really depends on your team. And in points leagues, I wouldn't bother with him. Landry Shamet, he's not good. 11 points in 20 minutes. 149 points to give up to the Washington Wizards. They need some defensive help, and they need it in a very, very big way. I'm not sure they're going to get it, but they need it in a very big way. For the Wizards, Russ Westbrook, awesome. 41 and 10 Eight assists, two steals and a block with four threes. Shot the ball well. Even hit threes unbelievably, four of seven. Unbelievable stuff. 71 fantasy points from Russ as well. Great stuff. Brad Beal, usage was always going to drop. It did here. Amazingly, Beal was a minus 12 in this game. 37, six and four. A yeah, really good game again. Mo Wagner, he is the center to have. 21 minutes, 17 and five, two steals. 21 minutes probably doesn't get it done as a must-roster 12-team league guy. I don't hate it, though. Look, he should play 27 a night, honestly. Um, So I'd I'd be okay with adding him at this stage. Ish Smith played 24 minutes. That's too many, but he played 24 minutes. 13.7 assists, two steals, and a block. He was really good. Davis Bertans had 11 points and three threes. And something that's uh, not being talked about, Bertans isn't shooting well at all. I'm not sure that Bertans is must-roster for 12-teamers. I know Rui Hachimura isn't, and he's rostered in nearly every league around. What are we doing? Nine points, 29 minutes, five rebounds. Stop rostering Rui Hachimura. I know it sounds like I hate the bloke. I don't. He seems absolutely charming and delightful. He's trying his absolute hardest. He is not a good fantasy player. It's simple as that. This is not hating on someone. He's just bad, and he shouldn't be rostered in a 12-team league. Nor should Denny Avdia, who started and played 16 minutes, two points, 
Honestly, Avdi is a better player than Hachimura and should be getting 30-plus minutes a night. But Scott Brooks, by the time I'm recording this podcast next week, Brooks won't be coaching this team, I don't think. I know they had a big win today, but man, he is. maybe that gives him an extra week or two, but he's horrendous. Um, Alex Len played four minutes, and Robert Lopez played 18 minutes as the starting center. All right, let's go on to the last game of the night. The Wolves get the win over the Cavs, 109-104. In the end, big win for Minnesota. Andre Drummond, 33 minutes for Drummond. Massive game, 25-22, four assists, and was actually pretty efficient. True shooting, 56%, usage, 33. An absolute monster performance, and that meant that we only got 15 Jared Allen minutes. At this point, Allen is probably just a hold in case of a Drummond trade. Um... There'll be nights where he plays more than this for sure, and it is hard to gather what Bickerstaff's going to do on a nightly basis. Some nights it'll be 24 minutes for Drummond, some nights 33, obviously, some it's 28. It's all over the place. Poor scoring night for Nance, just two points, but 16 boards, four assists, solid enough. How love impacts it is still remains to be seen. While Garland was great, 17, 2, and 5, and Sexton, more problems with his ankle. I'm a little worried about it, to be honest. 16, 2, and 2. This was Colin Sexton from last year. Yeah, 16 points, no threes, no steals, no blocks, two rebounds and two assists. One of those real empty lines. He still remains a top 50 player. Let's hope that ankle's not bothering him. Torian Prince, I don't know why he's rostered in so many leagues. Uh, four points in 21 minutes. Get rid of him. While Okoro had 13 points in 32 and uh, Osman just the nine points. Anthony Edwards, another start. Really good game again. 23, four threes, five rebounds, four assists to steal and a block. Fine with adding him. I think he is a 12-team league ad at this point, just to see where this goes. Um, Rubio, eight assists. He's an assist streamer. Russell just looks terrible again. 19 points, 39% shooting, 31 minutes. I don't know what the hell his future is in the NBA. I, don't, I honestly have no idea where Russell sits. I know he's not a uh, MVP candidate, as someone laughably said to begin this season. Um, is he even a starting caliber NBA point guard? I'm not sure. I also don't know what to make of Jared Vanderbilt. Now, they're moving him to the bench. They're playing him the same minutes, 25 minutes, 7 and 8, a steal on a block. But moving him to the bench, even without Towns and Wancho returning, is a little bit curious if they, you know, is there, they going to play him 16 minutes a night when these guys come back? I'm holding, but, you know, I'm losing confidence. Good game from Jaden McDaniels, three blocks with three points, but the three blocks is what's key. Hard to get too excited about him. Of course, there was no Naz Reed, so that did help McDaniels and Ed Davis get his three steals and three blocks. 23 points for Malik Beasley, while Josh Okogie continues to struggle, five points. But he did at least bring a steal and two blocks, which is all you can ask from Okogie. I'd actually ask him to hit more than one shot. He actually hit zero shots, 0 of 6 from the field, and was 5 of 6 from the free throw line. Let's now have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Anthony Edwards up by 19%. That makes complete sense. Thad Young's up by 16%. He's a 12-team ad. Um, the world. 12% uh, increase for Hassan Whiteside's roster percentage. It's not from me. I'm telling you now. Uh, maybe people are getting excited. I am not. While Teo Maladon up 12%. Love that one for Teo. Really, really good to see him jump up and get some uh, get some opportunities. There's some whisper that maybe he remains the starter even when George Hill returns. So keep an eye on that. While Joe Ingles up 12%. I think he's more of a streamer, especially now with Don Mitchell returning. In terms of the top drops, Cam Johnson down 12%. DeMarcus Cousins down 11%. 
11%. Down 11%. Carmelo Anthony down 11%. They all completely make sense as 12-team league drops. Same with Kendrick Nunn down by 11%. And then Lou Dort down by 10%. No, my son is also named Bort. Um, I don't believe that Dort is a must-roster 12-team league player. He can be streamed in when you're looking for some steals and looking for some threes, amazingly. Let's look at the monstrous line of the night. It is Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. I've hit the music. Jokic was great, 47, 12, and 5, four threes, two steals, and a block. He remains the number one player this year, although over the last two weeks, he's down to only five assists per game, and that's putting him as the fourth-ranked player. And I think that's probably a little bit more realistic than what we've seen to begin this season, but he is your monstrous line of the night. And the rookie of the night, a few options here, but it does end up going to Anthony Edwards, who had 23, 5, and 4. Now, he's still not a top 200 player, but he is a top 100 player over the last week, averaging 18 points. 1.3 steals. Now, there's not a lot else, but he's hitting a lot of threes. He's getting to the line and hitting those at a very high rate. So there are some impressive things going on with Anthony Edwards at the moment. Your top 10 players in category leagues. You've got Jokic at one. That's for today action, today's action. Jokic, one. Durant, two. Westbrook, three. Siakam, four. Jeff Green, five. Ben Simmons, six. Thick Hogsman. Uh, actually, not the Thick Hogsman. Joe Harris at number seven. Anthony Edwards, eight. Brad Beal, nine. And then Kawhi Leonard at number 10. And for points leagues, your top 10 is Jokic, Westbrook, Drummond, Durant, Siakam, Simmons, Beal, Randall, Kyle Lowry, and Nikola Vucevic. Let's move across now to talk some DFS for Monday's action. All right, so I'm going to do this DFS section a little bit different today because I'm not going to go through all 10 games and do that preview that we've been doing. I'm just going to highlight at the moment the injuries, the concerns that we might have injury-wise. And then on tomorrow's pregame show, we'll go through and talk more about value and prices with these guys because so much changes um, and, and yeah, there is a lot to talk about and this show's going quite a while. So we're just going to go through and and look at the injury news that we need to look at. In the first game, the Hornets and the Heat. Mo Harkless is out, Myers Leonard is out, while Terry Rozier is questionable for Charlotte and Tyler Hero, Avery Bradley and Goran Dragic are all questionable for Miami. So obviously a lot can change with those injury designations. We're going to get maybe a Lamello ball start if uh, Terry Rozier does happen to be out in this one. The Lakers and the uh, and the Hawks, no DeAndre Hunter for Atlanta, while Rondo, Okongwu, and Young are all probable, while Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both questionable for the Lakers. I have under absolutely no uh, concerns about LeBron playing. Maybe Davis isn't out there. And if he doesn't play, then you get increased value for Harrell, increased value for, uh, for Kyle Kuzma in that scenario. The Kings and the Pelicans... Um, not much to look at injury-wise here. Stephen Adams is questionable. And then we'd look at you know, a boost for Jackson Hayes. Now, whether that would be enough to use him in DFS remains to be seen because they didn't play him that much last game when Adams went out. Um, but it'd be more a boost to guys like Zion who will play more at center as well. And maybe even Nicola Melli getting into the mix there. Uh, the Pelicans are favored by four at this point and the total is 233. The Rockets and the Thunder, George Hill is out. So Teo Maladon's going to be a great option for us there. Um, that's probably the major injury scenario. Well, David Nwaba's out for Houston, so that means more minutes for Tate, more minutes for um, Goodwin, uh, Goodwin, for Gordon, and more minutes for um, uh, the other bloke, Daniel House. That's who's going to get the majority of that playing time. But probably the biggest beneficiary, of course, is going to be Teo Maladon on the Oklahoma City side of things. 
The Knicks and the Bulls is a back-to-back for the Knicks. Uh, Nerlens Noel sat out on the weekend and Taj Gibson took his rotation spot, while Otto Porter is questionable for the Bulls. They're also going to be without Wendell Carter Jr. Of course, um, we do want to find out what the hell goes on with Emmanuel quickly. And if Porter is out, it just gives a further boost to Thad Young and even to Patrick Williams in that scenario. You know, If Noel is out, we don't really care too much because Taj Gibson is not going to be that guy that we care about all that much here. The Blazers and the Bucks. The Bucks real blind potential here. Bucks favored by ten. The total two hundred and thirty-five points here. We know that Derek Jones is out. Yanni is listed as probable with a knee problem. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But no McCullum, no Nurkic. Also for Portland. Um, with Jones out, you're going to get more minutes for Simons, for Trent, for maybe Carmelo Anthony. Although last game without Derek Jones, Melo's minutes went way down. Covington's back as well. Um, then you get Anthony Simons and Rodney Hood, who'll pick up some of that slack. Well, Nasir Little, was uh, he's been the guy that started the last couple of games. Not that he's necessarily going to be a great option, but Trent and Hood. Uh, you could get cheeky with Little. I don't think it's going to be the one to go for. Next up. The Cavs and the Wolves, this game's being played on Sunday as well, but we need to know whether Carl Anthony Towns, Naz Reed, and Juancho Hernan Gomez are playing. We assume Kevin Love will be out for, uh, for Cleveland. I imagine Towns and Hernan Gomez will be out again here for Minnesota, but we don't have confirmation on that at this point in time. While there is a chance that D'Angelo Russell rests, he was back for Sunday's game, but it is a back-to-back, and they sat him out to rest the back-to-back you know, a few days ago. So let's see exactly what they do here. Phoenix and Dallas. Devin Booker, it's questionable for him. Cameron Payne is out. Dario Saric is... Uh, I don't think no, Saric is out as well. While Porzingis will be back in action. And Maxi Kleber makes his return as well. So Kleber's return puts a bit of a dent on Cauley Stein, on James Johnson, um, Dwight Powell even. If Booker is out, Abdul Nadir is the guy that steps up and has stepped up so far. And that also increases Chris Paul's value to a pretty large extent. The Grizzlies and the Spurs, Jonas Valanciunas, Grayson Allen, Jaron Jackson, Justice Winslow, and of course, Sean McDermott are all out for them. Does this mean more minutes for DeAnthony Melton again? It means Xavier Tillman will start, so I like him. Melton, an opportunity there. You know what I I think he's the second best guard on this team, clearly. Now, whether they continue to play him like that or they continue to not play him like the dickheads that they are, that is a big question. But the absence of Allen does help, and the absence of Valanchunas is going to help Clark a lot, and it's also going to help Xavier Tillman quite a bit here. And the last game is the Pistons and the Nuggets. We've got um, Jeremy Grant against his former team, Revenge Game Watch. But most importantly, Gary Harris had to leave Sunday's action. If he is out, will they start Barton and Porter together? Will they go with Monty Morris there? See if we can get the lean on that. And they did start Morris in the second half on Sunday. So don't get too excited about Porter. There is no way Porter is starting over Barton, by the way. Barton is definitely starting at small forward. It's just a matter of what they do in, in place of Harris if he happens to be out. So just keep an eye on that. There is no PJ Dozier also for Denver. All right, that'll do it for me today. Again, the pregame show will be live on YouTube from 7 p.m. Eastern because the games don't start till 7.30 p.m. I'll go through these games, talk about values in more detail over there as well. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a thumbs up, hit the bell, leave a review. All of those things really help a lot, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.